This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. It's OBEHAVE with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Hey, pet pals, you know, the NFL may have Tom Brady as the GOAT, but in the world of a dog agility, our special guest consistently garners headlines and victories. She truly speaks dog, and she knows how to tap that inner athlete in our canines. Please welcome to our show a real dog agility legend, Amber McCune. Welcome to the show, Amber. Hi, how are you? I feel like I'm supposed to drop and do puppy push-ups right now with you on the show. Is that right? No. (laughs) No puppy push-ups? Okay. Hey, I'm betting you, some of you listeners, that some of your agility dogs are within earshot of listening to what we're going to weave this tale of Amber and her cool canines. I mean, I got to tell you, the year is barely halfway over, and she's already produced ribbon winners for not one, not two, but three dogs at the Master Agility Competition at Westminster. Now, that's a bow wow. Now, she's going to help us learn about some ways to get a good workout with our dog and some agility tips after we take this break, because we got to pay for the show. So, everybody, you know the drill. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. Four furry ones actually sit and stay. All Behave will be right back. Kitty Poo Club reinvented the litter box. No more scrubbing that stinky plastic tray. Or worrying, oh my God, do my guests smell that? No cleaning, no scrubbing, no more stink. You are going to love it. Your cats are going to love it. Go to kittypooclub.com, and when you order, save 30% on your first auto ship. Visit kittypooclub.com, use code MEOW30 at checkout, and join the club, the Kitty Poo Club. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now, back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Now, our special guest today is well-known in the dog agility world, and for good reason. She and her canine teammates are magical to watch in the agility ring. We're going to learn more about it, but let's welcome to the show, Amber McCune. Amber, you're ready for this? Strap yourself in. It's the old behave show. Oh, I'm ready. Here we go. All right. So you grew up in the Northeast. Is that correct? I think New Hampshire or where? Yes, I grew up in New Hampshire, born and raised. All right. Woohoo. And uh, horses were your preferred pet or preferred four-legger before dogs, I think. Were you in diapers when you said 
Whoa, I got to say hi to this good little horsey. I mean, tell us about your love of horses. Yeah. So I went to my first riding lesson when I was two and then I was addicted. Yeah, completely addicted. Um, my mother said I screamed the entire ride home that I wanted to turn around and go back. So horses were truly my love. We've always had dogs, but I grew up with bloodhounds of all things. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so definitely, you know, jump ship going from a bloodhound to a border collie. But horses were my love, my passion. I just absolutely love the fact that you can be with an animal and feel completely in sync. And I feel like really helped me to understand dog agility. So I'm so grateful to have that, you know, for my beginning of my career. You know, you touched upon some. So when you're riding a horse, whether you're two or 20 or whatever, you are having to be in perfect sync with that horse, with the movements. And that ended up being a parallel trait that you needed to be very good at agility. You're not riding a dog. I know you're not on your blood. I, I know you're not on your border collie, but there is there is that sink, isn't there? Well, I think, you know, growing up with animals and growing up with horses, you learn a lot of respect for the animal, as well as how to speak to them and communicate with them in a way where they understand. Obviously, horses, dogs, animals are nonverbal. So learning how to ride a horse and explain to them with your body when to turn what is safe, having them trust you is really a big part of a dog agility. You know, we're definitely not on the dog's back, but the dog is running parallel next to you. You're going to give them cues in a timely manner. And also understanding lead changes like you would be doing on a horse is huge in dog agility. And I feel like a lot of people don't understand the mechanics of which lead your dog is on versus your horse is on. And riding on a horse's back, you can feel the unbalance of being on the wrong lead, which really helps in agility. The fastest line is what we want to do with agility, right? Race the fastest line possible. If your dog is on the same lead, the longest duration, they can accelerate the entire time. Wow. So from the horse world, makes complete sense. And from the dog's perspective, because they are so better at reading our cues, our, you know, that and their eyes and their ears talk about that because you're making small little changes when you're going from one obstacle to another and the dog's not only having to listen or watch your signal but have to master that obstacle talk about the genius that we know as dog genius is definitely the word i still to this day after doing this for 20 years can't believe how brilliant they truly are i mean let's face it we teach them to slalom through weave poles as fast as humanly possible, starting with the left leg, not just go through the poles. You must always start with the left leg. Like that, that still baffles me that we can teach them that. Well, that's a bad pun. You know, that's like being a saw southpaw. Uh, sorry, bad. Dogs are on agility course are not only watching the course, right? We're asking them to run as fast as they can, jump over jumps, weave through poles, go up and down equipment, but make sure you touch the yellow. Don't forget the yellow as well as watch our body. So. Animals being nonverbal are so amazing that they can watch literally the way my, uh, my eye twitches to the left. Or if I raise my left shoulder, they know that we're curving to the left. It's absolutely wow. still knowing that they can read those small little idiosyncrasies so quickly. And definitely coming from the horse world makes my body more centered and allows me to be, let's say, more balanced in my movements. Because if you're running around flailing like a crazy ape, the dog doesn't understand which cues you're you're actually cueing. You know, that's how I would do agility. Seeing <laughs> it. Well, speaking of that, you're in it for 
everything. And I want to let people know, back, let's turn the clock back, 2019. You're in an agility competition and something happened to your shoe. Oh, no, my, my Achilles. Oh, even worse. Tell us. All right, set the stage. Where were you? And tell us what happened. Okay, so it was the 2019 AKC National Championships. Just a little tournament, yeah. Yeah, the largest show in the entire United States. And this was my big white whale. I've never won at this point in my life in 2019. I'd never won. And Notch is, you know, every year we make it to finals and there's always one thing, always one thing. Well, I wake up that morning, Notch is seated first going into finals that day. And my Achilles, I, I can't put my shoe on. My foot is swollen. I, I went to bed fine. So I don't know what I did in the middle of the night. I can't put my shoe on. We're in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I get to the venue and I'm trying to put my shoe on and it's excruciating. So I look at my assistant and I said, I'm going to run barefoot. I have to run the finals barefoot in oh my spring dirt that feels like warm mashed potatoes. <laughs> it was the weird Well, that's feeling. a kind word of description. Yeah. I'm sure it's spelled something else too. Yeah. Yeah. It was just creepy, but you know what? You got to do what you got to do. And I wanted to be the best teammate because you know what? He shows up every day and he gives me his all. So Shoes or not, it is my job to come to the line and give him everything I had. So I ran nationals barefoot and he gave me his whole heart and I gave him everything I had and we actually ended up winning. So, you know, with a busted Achilles, I ran in warm mashed potatoes and it was just, I bawled and was just crying hysterically after because, you know, to overcome this pain, I still felt like I needed to come to the line for him. And it was an amazing, amazing day. Wow. I mean, I felt like what the way you described it, I felt like I was right there and I'm putting some butter on my mashed potatoes right now. <laughs> but I mean, really, that's gutsy. And you have a passion for agility. There's all these different dog sports out there. I grew up, I had a couple of dogs when I lived in California that were part of the original SoCal surf dogs. So I, I was into dog surfing with a Picture this, Amber, a 65-pound Husky Golden Retriever and a 12-pound Mystery Mutt Terrier Mix. And wow. they both loved to surf. And it was so cool to watch them. But you're picking dogs. You know that they like the sport. But for you, because there's dock diving, there's all these different kinds of sports out there. What is it about agility for you, two-legger, that says, I dig it, I dig it, I dig it, I dig it. I'll do it barefoot. I'll dig it that much. Well, for me, agility, I completely understand the course and I can see the lines even before I walk onto the course. Um, but I do it because my dogs love it. And I would not any dog sports if my dogs didn't love it. I walk to the line with them and they're shivering in anticipation to do this amazing sport with me. Whether it's, like you said, dock diving, fast cat, agility, fly ball, surf dogs, whatever it is, as long as my dog is enjoying it, I feel grateful and lucky to do it. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, some dogs aren't fast, but they're still loving the sport, whatever sport it is. I happen to have border collies, which love agility because herding dogs like to go around us in circles. That's what they were bred for hundreds of years to do. I just happen to be a two-legged sheep that happens to be super, super fast um, <laughs> that they can't necessarily herd. But I'm very grateful that I can do a sport that they adore as much as I do. All right. I got to say this. I have some friends that are in agility. I don't know if you know Kara Armour. She has a boxer yes. named Debbie. Debbie. All right. She's a good bud. You want to do a shout out to Kara because she's awesome. Um, 
<laughs> anyway, and she took us breed like a boxer and she's got Walter and a couple others. But the point is, years ago, I did agility with my Corgi Jazz. So we both have short legs. So we're kind of in sync. But how do you keep, they change which direction you go. I know this is very simplistic to you, but there's people listening that want to get into agility. And how do you remember when to go where? Because it's not the same. <laughs> well, I tell my students that I think of agility as two cars driving down a highway parallel to each other. I'm in the left lane. My dog is in the right lane. And my job is to either accelerate and the dog will accelerate next to me or decelerate and the dog will decelerate next to me. So my, quote, language of agility is all about acceleration and deceleration. Okay. There's lots of languages and agility and people do different things. But for me, it's all about if I'm running fast, you continue fast in a straight line until I slow down. So think about it like a car. If you're doing a drag race right next to a, uh, another car, if you accelerate, he's going to try to accelerate so he can beat you. If I come off of the throttle, my dogs are taught to slow down and look for me because that means it's a coming. So that's it's a very, very easy way for them to understand, because let's face it, dogs live in a black and white world. They do not live in any state of gray. So whether you're an obedience trainer or a dock diving trainer or a trick trainer, if you are clear with your cues and you live black and white, this is yes, this is no, dogs understand very quickly. It's when we blur the lines of training where you have confusion. So for me, super easy. I run fast, you run fast. I slow down, look at me because a turn is coming. Easy peasy. All right. So the three C's I'm hearing, clear, concise, consistent, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. So I like that. No one has ever described agility that way to me. And I love that. The other part, though, is how do you know you're supposed to go to the weave poles? How do you keep that in order? Well, when you get to the show, you get a map. So it's not always the same course. And I think some people that aren't in the world think we always run the same diagram, the same no. pattern. But we don't. Judges try to make it as fun and exciting as we can, because if it's always the same pattern, the dogs learn it and then it gets boring and monotonous. And who wants to do that? So we get to the show, we get a map. It's our job to walk the course without the dog to see where we need to turn, where we need to have a cue, where the traps are, because the judges do put traps that the dog thinks might be the next obstacle just to test oh. our training skills. So I actually do something called a front cross, which means I turn the front of my body towards my dog, which cues them to change their lead, hence change the direction. I cross behind the dog's rear, very simple to understand. But for the most part, it's all about XL versus D cell. And obviously me knowing where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, I don't need a Garmin if I'm with you on an agility course because you know exactly where you're going. And I like that. Hey, everybody, we're talking to Amber McCune. She is a legend in the dog agility world. We're going to get back to learning more about how we can work out with our dog, get them to be a good athlete, help us after we take this break. So sit, stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Kitty Poo Club reinvented the litter box. No more scrubbing that stinky plastic tray. Or worrying, oh my God, do my guests smell that? Kitty Poo Club has solved the stink. And now the worst part of cat ownership is hassle-free. No cleaning, no scrubbing, no more stink. And the best thing is you don't have to buy some oversized contraption that will break down. 
Kitty Poo Club litter boxes are manufactured to make your life easier. You have one cat? Easy peasy. A small mountain lion? No problem. You are going to love it. Your cats are going to love it. Believe me, there are good reasons why we sold over 3 million boxes. Go to kittypooclub.com, read the amazing reviews, and when you order, save 30% on your first auto ship. Visit kittypooclub.com, use code MEOW30 at checkout, and join the club, the Kitty Poo Club. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hey, everybody, listen up. This is Gerald Casale from Vivo. I want you to listen to the Old Behave Show with Arden Moore on Pet Life Radio. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to Old Behave. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the OBH Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I am getting schooled in dog agility, and I am very glad about it because we have the best professor around, Amber McCune. Amber, I know you've won a lot, but can we kind of run down like a handful of your great four-legged teammates? You know, they're probably in the other room saying she hasn't even mentioned our name yet. So... Time to showcase. Tell us a little bit about some of your top Border Collie stars and maybe one or two things that they've done that makes everybody go, whoa, or bow wow. Well, the oldest dog that I have is Notch. He's 14 and a half. He has won every national championship in every venue in the United States except for USDAA, um, which I accidentally won off course, which we were just talking about that I never do, but I did in the finals, which is still- You're human, you're human, Amber. <laughs> I know, regretfully I'm human. I wish sometimes I was a bit of a robot because you know things happen, but he is not only an agility superstar, he's also a grand champion in the confirmation ring, which is the beauty oh, content, good. right? So he's a grand champion there. He's also an Och, which is an obedience trained champion, which is the smarty pants type championship. I like that description. That's a good description. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's very smart. He's won AKC nationals, which is the AKC national agility championship. It's the biggest agility show in the country. He's an agility grand champion, which is just a slew of titles put together as well as some hurting titles. And he's just, he is my heart and soul. And I'm so, so lucky to have him in my life. And he was so brilliant. We decided to breed him and make kaboom who has won the incredible dog challenge. I've never heard of a delivery that way. Kaboom. Kaboom. That's him. We call him Destructo because he's like a bull in a china shop, but he brings his whole heart. He's won the Westminster Masters Agility Championship three times, which I wow. think he's the only dog to ever do that, but I'm not positive. Don't quote me. As well as AKC Nationals twice. And he's been on three world teams and traveled to the Amsterdam, the Netherlands, as well as England on multiple occasions. So he's he's crossed the pond. He has crossed the pond a lot and he just loves to travel. And he's an amazing dog. Um, he's semi retired now because he's had, you know, a long career. So his mm -hmm. little brother, Howie, is the new up and coming star. And he actually just won Westminster Masters this year. Beat his brother, Kaboom. Poor, uh -oh. poor Kaboom, his little brother. That's and then okay. we have, yeah, Shelby Cobra, who is Kaboom's daughter. She got second at Westminster this year, and she is just starting her career because she's just three. So she is a lightning fast little machine. So I, I'm wow. excited for her. And then Kaboom's 
other little brother, Typo, who's brown. That's why his name is Typo, because he doesn't match the rest of the family. Um, he won AKC Nationals this year, as well as the uh, second in the Premier Cup last year. So I have a lot of dogs that I'm very, very lucky to have and very grateful that they're in my lives because they come to the line with their whole heart and they can give me everything every single day. All right. Off the agility ring. You've got border collies. These guys are making people doing wordle and and uh, crossword puzzles look pathetic. I mean, you've got to keep their noodles going, their brains. How is it to live with these not only athletes, but Einsteins? Well, I tell people that always say, oh, your dogs are wonderful. I want a border collie. I say they're a lifestyle. <laughs> you must understand they are 100% a lifestyle. I wake up every single day and think, how can I make this the most interactive fun day of their life because they wake up every morning asking what can we do today is the fastest and the most exciting that we can ever do ever 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 that doesn't sound like your bloodhounds from your childhood oh my god it's a whole different land um i always say border collie is like living with a four-year-old toddler that has a lot of sugar and will not stop in your house. So keeping them busy and keeping them fueled with the correct nutrition is really a big, big part of my life. So let's dive in because your body needs good food and you go ahead. You can say the words. It's okay. Go ahead. Tell us what kind of food you choose and why. Well, all of my dogs are on Purina Pro Plan Sport. I have found that they compete the best on this brand. They have the most stamina and muscle recovery and the least amount of injuries while eating this food. And I, I can't say enough good stuff about it. Okay, that's good. See, you weren't a commercial. You did all right. You did all right. What about other people? Some tips? Because I know there are different agility competitions where it's either purebred or they could be, a, you know, a canine cocktail. It's a really, really popular sport. Are there some tips you can give people? You've given a little bit about this acceleration and deacceleration, which I really liked, but anything you could share with people and picking an agility teacher or helping your dog succeed? Well, anybody and a dog can do agility. Whether the human is short, tall, old, young, you can do agility. Whether you've just had a knee replacement, you can do agility. <laughs> and any dog, whether, like you said, whether it's a mixed breed, whether it's a purebred, whether it's a Yorkie, whether it's a Great Dane, all of these breeds can do agility because you are competing against yourself and the clock. So for me, we tell our students, it's all about the relationship with your dog. If you want to play with your dog, that's really all agility is. It's just a sequence of playful behaviors. So whether your dog likes a tug toy or a tennis ball or a piece of steak or whatever it is, just finding a sport that they enjoy and for you to understand that Fido doesn't need to sleep on the couch all day. He wants to do stuff with you. Dogs yes. were bred hundreds of years to help man, regardless of the breed. And they want to do something with you so, so badly. So do something. Let's teach them to go over a jump. To me in my brain, I say the jump, the stick, right? They're just little sticks to a dog. If I go over the stick, I get a little cookie, right? Or I get a tennis ball. They're going to do that a thousand yeah. times. They now understand they can make you feed them or they can make you play ball. So yeah. once a dog understands that they actually control your behaviors and can control playing the games, the world is a whole new place for you. And it still gives me chills to think about it, that we have hundreds of students come to our school and 
They're just pet people and they do the classes and sit and stay. Once they realize that their dog is more than a dog, they are their teammate. They want to Good. do stuff with you. Oh my gosh, you have a whole new world. And it transfers over to your dog not being rotten in the house. He's not going to chew the staircase because he knows we can go do something outside. You know, dogs are destructive because they don't have an energy outlet and they yeah, don't, know, yeah. don't know, you know, if you don't give them something to do, they have to find something. So pick a sport. I see that you're sitting on a, on a couch and it doesn't look like it's been chewed up. So that's probably nope. a good fact of it. Now let's talk about this place, the American Canine Country. What the heck is that? Shout out to you and your mom. Tell us about that. Well, American Canine Country is in Amherst, New Hampshire. My mother had a dream 20 years ago to make a community center for pets and their people. She wanted people to understand that having a dog was more than having Fido sitting on the couch, that you can have a relationship and a quote language with this four-legged animal. And it enriches not only your life, but their life as well as your family's life. So 100% that's why she made American Canine Country. I was going to go to vet school and then my mother made a business. So I thought, oh, she's not very organized, but I'll help her get organized and then go to vet school. You know, that was 20 years ago. You have some schooling in uh, veterinary uh, tech and animal behavior too. So you didn't just sit around eating bonbons. No, no. I graduated with a Bachelor of Science at Colorado State uh, pre-vet because that was my destiny. But, you know, my mother made this amazing business and I fell in love with the fact that we could help people speak to their dog and better their lives. And honestly, that's the only reason I do agility. Not because, oh, I like running fast in circles. I do it because my dogs love it and it makes their lives better and in turn enriches my life. I love having students that just start with their very first dog and now they're competing and the dog understands English. That's the cool part oh, of agility. Yeah. Your dog learns to understand English, whether you're hiking on a trail or running agility, the dog wants to do something with you rather than chase the squirrel. You're more fun than the exactly. squirrel or the porcupine or whatever's running down the, the trail at the time. Yeah. Who cares about the deer? Mom and I are going to go swim in the lake. You know, that's really the reason why we do this is because we love our animals and we want people to see and experience this amazing relationship that you can have with any dog. Not just a Border Collie, but it can be a Yorkie or an, a Doodle or an All-American or Chihuahua. You know, you can do it with any Or dog. a Bloodhound. Or a Bloodhound. <laughs> that, and that's a good thing. So the other part before we wrap up is talking about safe tips traveling with your pets. Because you have covered a lot of the country with your pets. I don't know if you're in a... Uh, uh, a van or I hope you're not in a Volkswagen bug but wh <laughs> what are you traveling in and any kind of travel tips because a lot of folks want to do doggy vacays with their pets or they want to go to events with their pets any tips for uh, safety on the road well I typically travel in an RV because I typically travel with about 10 dogs do they say in the back are we almost there yet are we almost there yet well the big tip for me is honestly giving them something to do in the car when we leave. I typically stuff Kongs or stuff stuffable rubber items and then freeze them with fun things. So it's like a kid in the car, give them an iPad, give them something to yeah. do. So, exactly. you know, giving them Kongs in the car, but we try to stop at lots of state parks for hikes that way, break it up three, four hours at a time. And there's so Good. many friendly parks and places to swim your dog. As long as you have poop bags and a leash, you can go pretty much anywhere in this country. 
dog friendly hotels. There's so many dog friendly hotels these days. Yes. I don't know off the top of my head the best list, but bring your dog, let them experience life with you. The more experiences your dog has, the more civilized they're going to be in your daily life. The more sheltered they are, obviously they're going to be like a wild caged beast when you let them out. But if they're used to going in the car and going to get ice cream down the street and going to, you know, the state park and they see lots of people, that's just everyday life to them. So I encourage people to go on a doggy vacation. Yeah, we do it at least once or twice a year. And Kona, because she teaches pet first aid with me and is a therapy pet, she's always on the go. I say she finishes my sentences. So I think what you have, Amber, is you have found how to deeply connect with canines. And you know what? That makes you a better human. I would love every person to experience the language that I have with my dogs because it's it's the most amazing feeling. So how do people find out about you, about the American Canine Country? Is there some place you can direct our listeners? Well, our website is AmericanCanineCountry.com and it's a letter K, the number nine. It's all about me on there. And, you know, we have lots of dog shows and dock diving and fast cat and fly ball and agility. Just pretty much anything that people can get involved in with their dog, we try to do because we just want people to have better lives with their dogs. Well, you rock. Can I say that? And I really enjoyed having you on the show. I hope you survived this grilling. <laughs> hey, everybody, please check out agility competitions locally and nationally and look for the name Amber McCune. I love the names of your dogs. At this time, also, I want to give a shout out to my producer, Mark Winter. He is the surgeon of sound. Pet Life Radio is the largest pet radio network on the planet. We're going to get to moon the moon someday. But uh, humbly, Obehave has been on the air since 07, making us the longest-running continuous pet podcast on the planet. Check me out, ardenmore.com. Until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Obehave. Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.